0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon podcast, and I'm going to take you to the book of Genesis. I think it's 43. Let's go to chapter number 43 here today, and verse number 12. He said, "Take double money with you, along with the money that was brought back in the mouths." of your sacks, carry it with you again. And he says in the KJV, pre-adventure it was an oversight. In the MEV, it says it this way, the last phrase, it says, perhaps it was a mistake. Perhaps it was a mistake. If you would turn to 2 Samuel I believe it is 2nd Samuel and uh, verse or 1st Samuel rather and 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 chapter 14. Go to 1st Samuel chapter number 14 with me. When you have it say amen. And you go down to verse number 6. And this is another story here. Jonathan and his armor bearer. And Jonathan said to the young man bearing his armor, Come and let us cross over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Perhaps, or he says in the KJV, it may be that the Lord will work for us. Somebody say maybe. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. In the MEV he says it, perhaps the Lord will work for us. Two passages of scripture where there is a perhaps in the equation or in the prayer. And so I want to preach to you if I can for the next little bit this morning on the power of perhaps, the power of Perhaps, Amen. We need the Lord, amen, to meet us here. Would you lay your Bibles down and I invite you to pray. Amen. Let's lift our voice to the Lord today. God, in Jesus' name, I come to you, Lord, and I ask right now, Lord, that in the next few moments here that you would meet us in this house in your spirit. Let the presence of the Holy Ghost have your way today. God, in Jesus' name, I pray that there would be faith that would arise in this place tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise. Hallelujah. And somebody said amen. 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 Clap your hands unto the Lord today. Hallelujah. We're thankful. (laughs) Hallelujah for the spirit of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. The power of. Perhaps. We come to Genesis chapter number 43 and we see in here an interesting story. Because, of course, a famine had arose in Canaan and most of the world. And Jacob sends his sons, his remaining sons of 11, he sends the 10 eldest, to Egypt where they might buy some corn trade with the things that they have and come back again to Jacob and sustain themselves in the midst of the famine. Joseph has already been taken by his brothers and short of being killed, thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, he is not. They lied to their father and told him that he was... He had passed away, and so now Jacob has lived his life. He has yet another son, Benjamin, who's at the house, who is the younger brother of Joseph. And his children come back. The ten sons go to Egypt where they take corn. They meet unknowingly their brother Joseph. Joseph talks with them but does not allow his identity to be known both to them or to any other in his house. And they come back with the corn. They come back with the food. And Jacob, in this passage, is at a point of despair. When they come back, they say that they have left their brother Simeon in Egypt because the ruler of Egypt asked them, "How many brothers do you have?" And they said, "We have, uh, we are of twelve. One is not, and one is yet at home." And so he said, "So that I know that you are not spies, leave a brother here, and take the food back to your house, and bring your other brother." And of course, Joseph wanted to meet this other brother. He had good intentions, but. At the outlook, there is nothing good about it. His sons return. His nine sons return. His one son is dead. His other son Simeon is now in a prison in Egypt. Most likely, he is good as gone, never to be seen again. And 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 Jacob is at a point of despair and desperation. This is the lowest point of his. Life. In fact, in the chapter before, in chapter 42 and 36, Jacob says this, All these things are against me. He looked around his life. Everything is against me. My own sons can't get along. They are against me. My, my situation in life of famine, it is against me. The nations are against me. Everything is against me now I don't know who I'm preaching to but I, I I know today that if you have not been at a point of desperation yet there will be one in your future and if you're not sitting in a point of desperation today it's probably because you've already walked through one and there may yet be one in your future or maybe today you are on the edge of despair. Now Simeon is in prison. The other sons have been framed with their money. They bring their food back. And when they open up the sacks full of food, every man's money is back in that sack. They, they are framed. Now Jacob says, you're going to be accused of being spies. You're going to be accused of, of being thieves. And all of these things are against me. And so now they've been forced to return. The only option is that he sends his youngest son back with the nine others and hope at the mercy of God that something will work out. His sons say, let us take Benjamin back. And he says, no, go back without Benjamin. Let's see what will happen. Tell him that you did not steal. It's an accident. Tell him that that, that you don't understand how this happened. And they said, we cannot go back. He was emphatic unless we take our younger son. There's no way that we can go back. And Jacob is bereaved. He says, if it will be what it will be. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. And he tells his sons, take Benjamin and go back. In Samuel, the first book of Samuel, chapter number 14, there is another point of desperation in the future of the nation of Israel. They had gotten ahead of God and they had asked for a king. God, give us a king so that we could be like the other nations. And so God chose a man by the name of Saul. The Bible says that he was meek and he hid among the stuff. And Samuel goes and he anoints Saul to be king over Israel. God even gives him a new heart. The Bible says that when he was anointed that the Lord gave him a new heart. It did not have to end up the way that it ended up, but somewhere along the line. Saul does the greatest of all sins and he rebels against God. He was he was a uh, 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 dramatically or or, uh, uh, defiantly rebellious against the Lord, disobeyed the Lord. And the Bible said because of his disobedience, Saul shows up in front of Samuel, and the prophet says, because of your disobedience, the kingdom someday will be taken from you, and it will be given to another. This was public record. And so now Israel knows that their king's days are numbered. Israel knows that the king that they have appointed has disobeyed God. He's a wicked and an evil man, and he goes so far that he he even goes after amen the witchcraft and the demonic amen bringing up of spirit. Uh, in his life. He, he goes so far. And, and the prophet had told him. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Can I tell you. Just as a side note. Be careful when you rebel against God. Because the Bible says. It's as the sin of witchcraft. And Saul ends up. It starts out with just rebellion. But Saul ends up in witchcraft. To obey is better Then sacrifice, he says. The nation is in despair. Their king is now dabbling with witchcraft. The armies of God have come uh, uh, up against the enemies of God. And now they have an unrighteous king as their ruler. And the Philistines are taunting them and mocking them. And mocking their God and their worship and their lifestyle. And the Bible says that Saul is in fear. And everyone else is in fear. And Jonathan, the son of the wicked king knows that there is something that is not right with his father. And he knows that he will never have a chance to be king. But Jonathan turns to his armor bearer, and he says, the army of God is up against. We are up against the enemies of God. Our leader is not righteous. He's not a praying man. He's not a man that will seek after the Lord, but he's a man that would rather turn to witchcraft. And so Jonathan says, we've got... Two choices. We can sit here and we can die. We can be the people of God that stay silent and let the enemies of God have their way. Or he says, I don't know what will happen, but we can fight for righteousness. And we can take our sword and we can take our spear. And we can take our shield and we can climb up the rough side of the mountain. And we can go after the Philistines. I know we're small. I know there's only two of us. I know I've only got one sword. But he says this, it may be that the Lord will work for us. He said, because I know that God is able to save by many, he can choose thousands to use or he can save by few. He can choose just one person. Amen. Jacob turns to his sons and he says, do this, take double money. Take money for what you've already brought back and take money for what you more want to buy. Take your younger brother and go back and he says pre-adventure. It was an oversight. Perhaps it was a mistake. I'm here to tell somebody today that there's always another way to look at things. The doctor may say it's cancer and there's nothing they can do, but there's always another way to look at it. You may be standing in the midst of despair, but there's always another way to look at it. You may be saying I'm walking through a valley that I can't imagine that I'm walking through. Amen. But there's another way to look at it. And I come to preach faith today. I come to preach faith in your house Faith in your family. Faith in your spirit. Faith in your church. Hallelujah. There will be a revival. There will be a saving. There will be an hour of harvest. There will be deliverance. There will be chains that are broken. And it could be that it happens right here with me. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The faith of possibility. The power of perhaps. Jacob, it may not be as you think it is. There may be another explanation of what is going on here. And with that perhaps, it was a mistake. It opened up a whole new door, amen, to a whole new world for what Jacob's future had. Jacob could have refused in fear. He could have remained with the little that he had left. He could have sat there and he could have died. Amen. Can I tell you, I don't want to play it safe in the kingdom of God. But God is looking for somebody that will walk on water, that will step out of the boat. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. There is a power of possibility, the power of a perhaps in your future. You could say, well, 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 for instance, let's say this. We could say, well, this church has never been over 150. Hallelujah. I, I'm here to tell you there's a power, a possibility. You could say, well, well I've, I've never been able to outlast my temptation more than a few months. And then I'm, I'm, I'm sucked back into that same thing. But I'm telling you there's a power, a possibility that's here in the house today. Perhaps is a word that is defined by the dictionary as this. An adverb used to express uncertainty or possibility. I'm not talking about the uncertainty. I'm talking about the possibility today. Why are we so quick to be uncertain about trusting in God, but certain about our problems? Can I say that again? Why are we so quick to be cer- uncertain about trusting God but to be certain about our problems isn't that the truth yeah. now we just did we just we just did a measure of faith here this morning because we took our mission's pledge and we said okay I'm going to pledge and I'm going to give the Lord the bible says and it's in your bulletin that as every man purpose in his heart, let him give. Amen. We should not guilt anyone into giving. Nobody should give out of a response for feeling guilty. But as you have purposed in your heart, as the Lord leads you, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. You purpose that in your heart. But this takes a step of faith. Anytime you're dealing with your budget, it takes a step of faith. Can I get an amen? amen. And you say, okay, God, I'm going to put my faith, amen, into possibility. And I'm going to give, amen. I'm going to give what I want to give in my heart. And if I can't give, God, you are going to make a way. Amen. And we can have possibility. We can have a practice of perhaps. But some of us may have said, well, there's no way. I can't do it. I can't pay. I can't even buy the dog food right now. And so we don't fill out because we're too worried about what's going on. Can I tell you? We need to stop being certain of our problems and uncertain of what God can do. Amen. We need to stop trusting the doctors more than we trust God. Thank God for doctors. I thank God for doctors. Amen. But why is it that we trust them? Amen. So quick. I've said this often and I say it all the time because I think it's so hilarious. We go to the doctor and the doctor tells us we're sick. We know we're sick. He tells us what's wrong. And then he says you know you have to go in for surgery or whatever it is and you've got to do this and we've got to take this and you go in. And And you go in there, and a man or a woman in a white lab coat walk into the room. You've never met them before. And they say, all right, I'm going to be your surgeon today. And you don't ask them where they went to school. Come on, somebody. You don't ask them, were you at the top of your class in college, or were you at the bottom of your class in college? Because if you're going to be cutting on me, I want to make sure that you were passing classes and if you pass your class, did you do the homework or were you paying somebody else? You know that happens all the time in colleges today. You know. Nobody's going to help me preach this morning. We, don't even, we, we just trust them. We just trust them. I'm not saying you shouldn't trust them. But what I'm saying is there's an absurdity when we will trust fallible humanity and we won't trust the absolute God of all eternity. The God that causes the sun to rise up in the morning. Jacob, can I remind you that you made a covenant with God at Bethel and you saw, amen, the angels ascending and descending and the same God that called you still knows what's going on. Perhaps there's another way to look at that. Oh hallelujah. Can I tell you what is possible? It's possible that God is on your side. It's possible that God is working out another testimony. It's possible that God is doing something that not even hell is aware of. Hallelujah. 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 And can I tell you, if we will just allow faith in our heart, it will turn the possibility into probability. For the apostle said this, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Oh, hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. It's time we stop living in the certainty of our circumstances when there's a perhaps in the room. Hallelujah. You don't have to leave here today bound by addictions. You don't have to walk out today with the same temptations and the same doubts and despairs in your life. But there is liberty for the Bible says, he that the Son hath set free is free indeed. That's another way of looking at this. Amen. We need to disregard. Amen. And discard our doubts. Amen. And get into the power of perhaps. So 2017 came and went. And who who can even imagine? Here we are in 2018. And we need to take faith into this year. Next week, this week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. How many will help me pray? How many will help me fast this week? I, I want to see God break down some barriers. I want to see God... Break through some strongholds in my life, in my mind, in my way of thinking. God, if there's anything in me that is limiting you, I want you to break it, Lord. And I want to see, amen, some things opened up in the Spirit and in the Holy Ghost. I want to see, amen, we've got children that need the Holy Ghost. We have guests that will come that will need the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to see the waters of baptism troubled. Amen. People that have not yet been buried in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to see revival. We need to see it happen. And I'm telling you, we got a possibility. There's a perhaps, amen, that God could break open. All it takes is one thing. All it takes is one person. All it takes is one weekend. All it takes is one moment. Amen. For God to break open everything. Amen. In our life, this is not living in some arbitrary state of denial. No, Jacob and Jonathan were not, amen. It was not the power of positive thinking. I think it is a good thing when you think positive. Turn to somebody and say, you should think positive. If you've got negative thinking in your life, you should get rid of that. But can I tell you, just getting rid of the negative thinking won't save you. This is not just positive thinking. This is more than positive thinking. Jacob was not in denial. Jo- Jonathan was not in denial. He said, yes, I may be bereaved of all things. I may be bereaved. Yes, we may be in famine. Yes, I may be helpless. Yes, I may be out of resources. But what he was appealing to... Was a greater reality and that's this that we serve the I am that I am we serve the Alpha and the Omega yes I understand what's going on but there's a greater reality and he said when you go he said we're going to appeal to the mercy of God he literally said it's going to be a man by the mercy of of God in verse 14, and may God Almighty give you mercy before the man. Hallelujah. When we take a man, a step of faith in possibility and the perhaps, we are trusting in the mercy of God. I'm trusting in the mercy of God in my life. I need the Lord in my life. I need God's Spirit in my life. And I'm trusting in the mercy of God in my life. He said, don't go alone, but you go with the mercy of God. Why? Because God is able. The absolute God is able. Always. It's in His name. Do you know that when you say, Jesus, you are saying something powerful? He revealed Himself to Moses in the burning bush as, I am... That I am he is the self-existent one he is the uncaused cause he is the one that has no one that created him no one that made him he just is I am that I am hallelujah he does not degenerate his batteries do not run down he does not get tired He doesn't have to recharge. He is. I am that I am. He's self existent. That's what makes him absolute. I am in his very nature. There is nothing that he cannot do except deny himself. He is what he is. He can't cease being what he is. He's a God of love. He can't stop loving. He's a God of justice. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. Hallelujah. And the name Jesus literally means Jehovah or Yahweh in the Old Testament was the I am that I am. It was the word of God. We lost the pronunciation because the Hebrews reverenced it so much that they would not say it. But when we say Jesus, amen, we are saying Jehovah, the I am that I am has become my salvation. Salvation. He's my salvation. He's not just the self-existent one, but he is now my savior and my redeemer. When we say hallelujah, yeah, that is a reference to the I am that I am. We are saying praise the God, the self-existent one. We're magnifying the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You may have a problem that's too big for you to handle. You may have a situation that you can't overcome, but if you will just fall at the mercy of God with a hallelujah and a I need you, Jesus, it's in his name, hallelujah, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power That worketh in us. Oh clap your hands unto the Lord today. Hallelujah. 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 And my faith in that name. My faith in that name activates a higher reality in my life. It activates a higher calling in my life. Can I tell you if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given among men under heaven by where by where we must be saved. When you activate faith in that name, Hallelujah! When you take the name of God on your life, when you activate that faith, you're giving probability, Amen, to the circumstances in your life. I thank God. I thank God for the testimony of my life and what I have. I thank God for you. I thank God for your testimony. We come to church today, and what a wonderful place that we have to gather together and worship. We are blessed, folks. CTK, we are blessed. We come in here, thank God for the worship team that leads us every Sunday. Thank God for our Sunday school teachers. Thank God for our ushers and security team and hospitality staff. What a privilege we have, amen, to worship the Lord. I thank God for our testimony. But can I tell you, we can never forget where God saved us from and where God brought us from. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? I don't know, but I wouldn't be here today. But I'm here today because of the grace and the mercy of God Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I still believe that God has power to break chains of darkness. I still believe that God has power, amen, to push back afflictions and addictions. I still believe that God has power to heal the hurting. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's why we have revival services, amen. You say, well, I'm already living for God. That's right. We need to live for God more, amen. But you know what? We want to give people opportunity, amen, to come in and let God change them like he's changed us. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful, amen. But I don't just want to be the only one to serve God. I want everybody, I want everybody to have what I've experienced in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen amen amen. We uh we're in Atlanta Friday night and privileged to be there and thank God for our wonderful friends, the French family at Pastor's Air and I went down there and I did a little youth thing and it was wonderful and they were so they were so disappointed that I came without Luke. I thought they were going to tell me to get on the plane and go back home. <laughs> get back on the plane and go home and and uh, but we're going back down there this summer and so they'll get to meet him and Everybody wanted to know, this is churches that we had been in, we've stayed in their homes, spent weeks there, and prayed with people, and, and, and just endeared ourselves and, and their selves to us, and, and uh, so they've been praying for us, and so just watching, amen, the testimony of what God's done, they're so excited, and, and uh, so I, I couldn't help but tell them, they were, they were saying, you know, asking about His name and what that meant, and of course, uh, so, so I shared the testimony Friday night. Of course, uh, Luca looks a lot like me. You know, he's got a <laughs> thinning hair and and uh, real pale complexion. You know, in the winter time, and and I said he looks nothing like me. And of course, he's, he's he's that's his heritage. And God love it. God bless him. And so we wanted to give him a name that was a nod to both his uh, biological heritage and to his spiritual heritage, and because God. Amen. He blessed us, but God blessed this young man too to be able to be raised. Anytime a child is raised in a home where people love the Lord, and that's not touting, amen, our own horn. Amen. That's just what a wonderful privilege to be raised, amen, in a home of people that love the Lord. And and so God blessed him. So God's given him a spiritual heritage. So we named him after my great grandfather, who was the first person in my family to come into the truth, into, into the spirit, into Pentecost, into, and, and give his life to the Lord, and uh, he did so back somewhere in the 1920s, and, uh, but my great-grandfather's name was Lloyd Alonzo, and that doesn't fit a Hispanic child very well, and so we had to come up with a Hispanic name, so we came up with Luca Alonzo and changed the Z to an S in Alonzo, and so it's a nod to not only, amen, his natural biological heritage, but to his spiritual heritage that God put something inside of his life. And the reason why that's so great is because in my family when you look back there was junk and stuff and all kinds of things. I just I'm almost finished with the biography I was reading of of a man that was telling his story. He he ends up going and becoming an Ivy League lawyer and uh, but man the 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 family life that he came out of and was writing about that's my family the stuff he was talking about was my family it wasn't my parents and it wasn't my grandparents but it was it was right there before them that was the whole story and everything changed it was it was dysfunction every branch of my family you follow it all the way back every branch without fail I thought Lord at least give me at least one honorable person to say hey you know this is my descendants but every branch there's dysfunction in the family and home and alcoholism and abuse and and stuff that I won't even mention publicly things that I won't even say publicly about people that 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 because I'm too ashamed it's something you don't even want to talk about that kind of stuff gross stuff horrible stuff until they made their way into a church And the Holy Spirit got a hold of their life. And all of a sudden, the miracle began to take place. It didn't happen overnight, but it was a process. And all of a sudden, God begins to heal the marriage. And God begins to heal all of the abuse. And God begins to heal everything else. And God begins to put things back together. And so now we can come to the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning. And and we can celebrate together. We can love one. But if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we wouldn't be here. Can I tell you, I want everybody to be able to taste and experience what I've been able to experience, the power of the Holy Ghost. It's like when my wife and I, we, we, we like to go out to new restaurants and different things. Brother, Sister Duff, Took us out to a new restaurant we hadn't been to for my birthday. The Kesslers took us out to a new restaurant we hadn't been to for my birthday. And, and I love going to places and trying new things and all kinds of stuff. And, and, and usually my wife and I never, we can never, I don't know the last time that we ordered the same thing. We never order the same thing. She will not let me order the same thing because we have to get something different. Because if she doesn't like what she orders, she wants to take mine. And she wants both. And so we get there and we're eating, and she'll taste it, "Oh, this is good, this is good." And she'll come in there and say, "Okay, you, you've got to taste this. She'll put it on her, take a bite, take a bite. and I'm like, "I don't want to bite. I've got this perfect you know bite in my mouth right now. Don't bother me. She's like, "No, you got to try this. you got to taste this, this is good." She was making something the other day in the kitchen. She came in and said, here, you got to take this. I don't want it. No, you've got to take this. She shoves it into my mouth there. But when you get something good, how many are like that? You you just got to let somebody else. Hey, you've got to taste it. You've got to try this. This will change your life. Can I tell you? That's how I feel about the joy and the blessing that we have in the Spirit of God. Folks, we're not just coming to church to kill time. This is the greatest thing ever. I'm not just praying to pass time. No there's something awesome that happens when the Lord meets you the word of God changes your life I'm not just looking for you to read through the Bible in here so we can give you a chart and you can say hey I've read the Bible through no you read it because it will change your world <laughs> Come on, anybody trying to read your Bible through this year? Anybody trying to get through there and you're just attempting? You're not there yet. That's all right. Trying to. You may or may not make it. You're going to get close. Don't give up. Just don't stop. Keep on keeping on. And you know what's going to happen? It's going to preach to you. Come on. Can I, can I be honest? It preaches to me about my marriage. All right, got to do it. Got to, be, got to be a better father. Got to be a better whatever. Got to be a better son. Got to be a better this. Got to be, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you know what? I benefit from that. Why would I want to keep that? No, I want everybody to know what God has for them. It's the power of the gospel message. So that's why, amen, we ought to, we ought to practice that. It may be the power of perhaps. You say, well, I've tried everything. Well, have you tried God? I've tried everything. Have you tried God? Well, yeah, I've gone to church all my life. No, have you really tried him? (laughs) Have you really tried him? Have you really let go of everything else and say, God, I'm going to put you first in everything that I do? I'm coming to a close. It's the gospel message that will revolutionize your life. I felt so strongly after I finished my message Friday. I was praying with the young people. The students, there were several hundred students there that night in Atlanta. I felt so strongly, amen, a, a move to a renewal of the message of repentance. Repentance, repentance. Because repentance is acknowledging that God, what I have done hasn't worked. And I need you in my life. Repentance is a turning away from and a turning towards God. It's a walking away from the things in this world. For far too long, we can try to walk alongside God while doing the things, and maintaining the things in this world. Repentance, true repentance, is saying, God, what I'm doing isn't working and I need you in my life. I need you in my life. I'm going to stop doing this. Now I'm going to follow after you. I'm going to give priority to your word and to your principles and your ways. That's why when we come to Christ first, we must come in a spirit of repentance. Can I tell you, you can't be living for God so long that we mature past repentance. Paul said, I die daily. You know, I wish there was a way. I wish we could go to the next level in Christianity where we didn't have to do that. But every day that we get up, we've got to say, God, I'm giving you back my life. I'm walking away from this. I made mistakes. And God, I'm going to follow after you. Can I tell you, we will not have true revival until we get real repentance in our life. Jonathan and Joseph were at a place where, or Jacob, rather, we're at a place where I've got nothing left but an option but to fall at the mercy of God. Here it is. You know what Jonathan was saying? I know rebellion doesn't work. Rebellion doesn't bring victory into your life. Look at what my dad's done. All that works is me forsaking my ways and following after the Lord. The ways of man don't say that two men can defeat a garrison of Philistines. But the ways of God say, if God be for you, who can be against you? And he said, it may be that the Lord would work for us. Would you stand together with me today? We've got to activate, amen, the possibility in my life. And I activate that through the spirit of repentance. Taking on the name of God in my life. The name of Jesus Christ in my life. And I tell you one of the Ten Commandments said it this way. Said you shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. We have often limited that commandment to just a prohibition of using His name as a swear word. But can I tell you, it's so much more than that, because you can't say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Jesus-filled believer, and live like something else. It's taking the name of God in vain in your life. Don't take the name of the Lord in vain in your life. When I was baptized in Jesus' name on that wonderful Friday night, October the 14th, 1988, surrounded by just my family, I took on the name of Christ in my life. I haven't always hit the mark. I've failed many times. I've stumbled more times than I can even count. But I'm endeavoring not to take the name of the Lord in vain in my life. I need God in my life. I need God in my spirit. Does your heart Does your heart match? Does your heart and your mind, your spirit, does it match what you're advertising on the outside? That's what Christ is saying. Don't take my name in vain. Don't say that you're one thing and then not be that. We are full of hypocrisy here in America. We are so full of hypocrisy in America. God, I pray today, Lord, right now, that there would be a spirit of repentance in our heart that would come and say, God, I need you more than anything.